Hey, this is Jesse Sanchez, and you are listening to Cut to the Chase Podcast. Stepping out beyond boundaries takes courage and the ability to dream. We are excited to share our new audio podcast called Cut to the Chase. The structure of this podcast embodies open dialogue with friends, family, and professional colleagues talking about things that impact our ability to thrive. We hope that you will join our unscripted, unbridled podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase, episode 114. Today's episode is entitled Eyebrow Raising Conversation. Now, everybody's probably sitting back in their chair going, okay, Greg, this is going to be interesting as if all of your other podcasts are not eyebrow raising conversation. But today, I've got somebody that is literally 70 miles up the street from San Antonio, and he's a podcaster as well. He's also a business professional. And so today we're going to really talk about some eyebrow raising topics. We're going to talk about some unique things that have occurred in his life, his successes, his triumphs, his failures, and you know overcoming adversity. These are all going to be things that are really going to make you raise your eyebrows. And so what is that? What is what does eyebrow raising actually mean? You know, a lot of people go, hey, you're going to have eyebrow raising conversation. Well, in definition, that means basically to cause other people to react with a surprise or mild disapproval. To raise your eyebrows means to move your eyebrows up in a way that shows the surprise or the mild disappointment. Both of these phrases are often used in kind of figuratively speak. Of course, you're not moving your lips. You're just basically doing it with your facial expression. And so one of the quotes that I found was, I think eyebrow change the way you feel. It changes everything about your confidence. And so as you think about that, when someone said something to you and they catch you off guard or you disapprove or it's just something that makes you say, huh? You know, I mean, you you kind of move your eyebrows. And so today, our featured guest is an Austin, Texas native. He's also the host of Dragging the Line podcast. And if you haven't listened to Dragging the Line podcast, I would highly recommend you go out and seek out that podcast and check them out. They're doing great work. He's a firm believer that everything happens to him has eventually led him to share his one-of-a-kind story, hence the reason eyebrow-raising. During his lifetime, he's overcome physical, sexual abuse, along with learning disability, and becoming legally blind, all while navigating his way through his career, his marriage, and everyday life. Now, As I said, this gentleman is a good friend. We've only recently met each other, but we hit it off right out of the gate. I have so much admiration in what he shared with me, and I want to be able to bring that to our listeners 
in a way that, like I said, we're talking about eyebrow raising conversation, but I want to bring it to you in a fashion that basically allows for us to really transcend through the adversity that he's overcome and really understand what that truly means when you look at things and you only raise your eyebrows. And so without further ado, I'd like to introduce Jesse Juan Sanchez, or excuse me, one more Sanchez. Sanchez, Jesse, how are you doing today, sir? How are you doing? Doing great, Mr. Proctor. How about yourself, sir? Oh, that's good, man. That's good. We got it. We got to clear the airwaves here on that Mr. Proctor, man. Just Greg. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. Let's just roll with Greg today, man. I mean, we've 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 passed the honeymoon phase now. You got two podcasters, you know, on cut to the chase. I mean, really ready to throw down their craft and basically bring it to the audience. And we're talking about something that is so intriguing, you know, eyebrow raising conversation. Obviously, we'll be we'll be highlighting you, but but this is something that I'll tell you, man. You know, I've I've kind of looked forward to uh to this and uh, just really excited about having this, this this discussion with you. Well, again, I thank you for letting me um, share my story on your podcast and on the platform. You know, the goal for me is to make sure that if I can change one person or if anybody's going through this, to let them know that just keep the fight, keep going. Exactly. 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 So let's jump into this. I mean, I said a lot, you know, there was kind of a a lifetime of triumphs and uh, setbacks and things that you overcame early on in life and even throughout your adulthood. But let's kind of help our audience start at the very, very beginning. So, you know, as I mentioned, you know, you're you're a native of Texas, you know, Austin. You were brought up there and you you, you grew up in that area. But Earlier on in life, you know, you went through, uh, you know, kind of physical and 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 sexual uh, abuse, and you know, I want to help our audience really understand that, as difficult as it may seem, you know, you hear a lot of these things that happen with women, or you hear a lot of these things that happen with children, but then you don't really necessarily hear much about these type of stories as they're coming from a male perspective, not to say that they don't exist because we know that they're out there, but certainly we respect Jesse and him being able to come on board and share his story with us. And so Jesse, walk us through that. Thank you. Thank you. So I'll start off as a, maybe at the age of four, um, you know, my mom and dad are 10 years apart and my dad is from Mexico and my mom is from Austin Mm -hmm. and growing up in that type of environment. Um, I just used to see my dad, you know, he was an alcoholic, so he'll come home late at night and would just request my mom to feed him. And if not, then, you know, I, I, there was times where I saw him, you know, slap her in her face, pull her hair, uh, just grab food in her mouth and shove it in her mouth. Um, one story that sticks out to me a lot is when I was four years old, I remember, my father was grabbing my mom by her hair and she was screaming and my dad was like, get the broomstick. And I didn't want to, I mean, cause I, you know, looking at it at that age, I was like, something ain't right. And mm-hmm. um, my father said, if you don't get that broomstick, I'm gonna get you too. So I just remember grabbing that, that stick and giving it to my father and 
seeing my mom get hit with it, that's something that I can never erase on my mind. So that kept happening and my mother was leaving and coming back and at the age of seven years old, um, one time I remember I was hungry and I opened some some Jello pudding, never forget. And mm-hmm. I ate it and then I kept, I ate maybe like two or three and just threw it on the floor. Well, my mm-hmm. father came in from work again, drunk, got upset and um, he burned my hand in the stove and I have a scar on my right hand that looks like a little uh, bread toast. And so growing up, I mean, I look at it every day just to remind myself that I surpassed this, but that was tough. Um, so being seven years old, um, moving now to eight years old, uh, my father had a friend that he was working with. Um, this gentleman mm-hmm. was a family friend, so it wasn't a relative. And at the age of seven and eight years old, I, you know, was sexually abused. Mm-hmm. I was very afraid and I knew that at that age that it was something that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. But the guy would always say, if you tell your parents you're going to get hit, your dad's going to mm-hmm. whoop you. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was afraid. I mean, I remember that if I told him that my father was just going to hit me. So in 1988, I um, eventually just told my mom, I was like, Hey mom, um, this guy keeps, you know, touching me places and I, I don't feel right. And my mom, mm-hmm. my mom asked, asked me, Hey, what happened? And mm-hmm. um, I, gave, I gave her the story. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in 1988, there was no cell phones that, you know, so I remember the, the guy was living with us and my parents were, he, I think he was 19. So they were going to adopt him. And mm-hmm. um, so he was always at the house. Um, right. I remember the, the day that that happened. Um, my, my parents sat me down and I had to explain to my father in front of him what had happened. Right. Now, all I remember was my dad grabbed him, put him in the bathroom and just, I, I saw um, a weightlifting, like a, a dumbbell yep. and uh, the rest was history. You know, he beat him really bad that by the time the cops got there, he was barely living. Um, I mean, he, he beat him pretty bad. Um, wow. I, I felt good for that, you know, just because, and I was eight years old. So I felt like I always had to grow up really, really fast. Sure. Um, now, you know, eight, nine years old, I went through therapy and I don't really remember that part uh, just uh-huh. because everything, everything was so happened so fast. And, you know, I, I was a kid. All I wanted to do was play with my friends and, and play soccer. I was very competitive and I knew I was good at soccer. Right. So, you know, uh, teenage years, 11, 12, my parents finally get a divorce. Mm-hmm. And now my mother starts dating my father's cousin. And that mm. just drove me crazy. I'm like, whoa, you know, so I, I was like, what's going on here? Like this, this ain't right. Mm-hmm. So my step, he's my stepfather. Now they're still together. Um, mm-hmm. I, love mm-hmm. him. I love him a lot and I'll get to that happy story. But mm-hmm. that said, and I think my father couldn't handle that. So in 1992, he left and moved back to Mexico. Um, I say this jokingly. He went. He went for spring break and never came back. He said he was coming back and he never did. Right. So now I'm a teenager. You know, this is 1992. This is when you know gangs started and drugs started, and I knew that I I was gonna sway that way. Mm-hmm. 
but luckily for my parents, they didn't. They kept me busy in sports. Uh, I didn't really want to go to church growing up. They would take me to church even even though they didn't go. So I think that that was they. I think them for keeping me off, you know, the bad route. Cause just off the bat, what happened? I think that I just would have blamed it and just went uh, a bad different route. Mm-hmm. But as a teenager, um, playing sports and you know football and and soccer, whenever a coach would slap me on the on the behind, I, I would mm-hmm. get really upset. I, I would just it, it would trigger me. Um, so I, I built a lot of anger. So growing up, I would fight. If someone mm-hmm. called me gay, I would get mad. And anytime I got mad, I would see that guy's face for right. everything, for everything. Um, right. I think that just kept me driving. Even even as an adult, whenever I was mad, I saw his face. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I began to have that. I was very upset at my mom. I blamed her for everything. You know, why did my dad leave? It's, it's your fault. You know, uh, mm-hmm. my dad was really good at swaying me to believe that he was a victim. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And that time I knew that I was also having a learning disability. You know, I was, I had ADD, so I was taking Ritalin at the time. Mm-hmm. My parent, you know, the, the medicine, I guess that was barely, um, out. And, um, I would take it every morning and I still, I, I couldn't focus. You know, I just remembered that the teacher would talk or give me a lesson mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't keep up. I couldn't keep up with the teacher. I would sit in front of the class, same thing. Mm-hmm. I just, I couldn't. So that was hard. And, and I knew that I, I knew I was at a disadvantage. So what got me through middle school and high school was I was a very flirtatious. I always hung around friends that was uh, smart and I'd, ask them to do my homework and I would, you know, in return, protect them, make sure no one messed with them. I was always mm-hmm. hustling at that age. Mm-hmm. I, I had to just to get by. Sure. Um, teenage years now, now going into high school, uh, I, I still was angry. I still blame my parents for everything. Um, soccer just kept me whenever I played soccer, that was my safe, my safe space. I knew that mm-hmm. I controlled the world. I knew that, everything was okay. And this is my turn to shine. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very good at, at the sport. My, my coaches and everything told me that I had the opportunity to get scholarships, but my parents never made me feel that way. They said, no, you're not good. There's always someone better. Mm. And I, I have very low self-esteem, you know, it, 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 to this day still, I can't believe why would they do that? Um, right. So, now as an adult, <clears throat> I graduate high school. I was able to make it, you know, um, now I'm out in the world trying to get jobs and in a career, you know, now this is the time that internet started. So early mm-hmm. 2000, late 99s. So now mm-hmm. there's emails, there's text, there's presentations. And I'm like, Oh no, this is hard. I, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, Mm-hmm, it was just mm-hmm. very overwhelming, very difficult. Mm-hmm. And whenever that happened, I would quit the job or I would just say, I don't want to do it and get fired because that was my stomping. Like I'm, I'm, my background's in sales. So I was very good at selling, persuading, making myself presentable. But you give me a presentation or you, you, um, made me do a Excel, you know, spreadsheet. I couldn't do mm-hmm. it back then. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I knew that that problem was happening because even growing up, and I and I say this now with my wife, anytime there's, you know, we watch a foreign movie and the letters are on the bottom. I, by the time I try to catch up, they're already to the next part. They're already, someone else is saying something else. And I'm like, sure. hold on, put it on pause. So it's hard, you know, even watching uh, Star Wars, when all the letters will come up, I couldn't catch up with it. <laughs> I'm like, wait, pause right. it. So right. I, I knew I knew that there was something bad. Um, mm-hmm. in, in my 20s, I started dating my high school girlfriend. Uh, she was in college. I, I wasn't in college, but I, you know, stayed here in Austin. And the whole time, I mean, we dated for 11 years. I was, I cheated on her. I slept with a lot of women. I treated her wrong. Uh, one of the things that, that hurts me the most is at an early age, her mom passed away. And um, it was even to the point where I made fun of her that her mom had passed away, you know, just because mm. she would always, uh, let me rephrase that. I wasn't talking to my parents. I didn't talk to my parents at that time after 21. So I went a total of seven years, never speaking a word to my mom, to my dad. And my brother, mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's like I was shunned because I mm-hmm. dated her. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that helped me because it made me survive by myself. It made, I, ne- I needed that. Um, at the age of 28, I started to go blind. And by that meaning, um, I built a an eye disease called keratoconus, uh, just mm-hmm. in a nutshell. My cornea looks like the size of a football. And so when mm-hmm. the sun reflects my eyes, I can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at life every day, it's like foggy, you know, like when you wake up in the morning and it's raining and you see that fog, I mm-hmm. see that every day without my contact every day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. there was no technology for that. So I blamed everything. You know, I'm like, why am I going blind? Why did this happen to me? Why, why do I have a learning disability? And I, I was, I'm, I'm religious, but. I'm not religious to the fact at that time, because I thought that if God loved me, if, if there was a God, why would you treat your son this way? And Mm -hmm. so it was just anger. You know, there was points where I would even cuss at him because I was so Mm -hmm. upset. Mm -hmm. Um, at the age of 30, we, we now broke up me and the girl that we were dating. Um, that was the pit of my downfall. You know, I'll never forget. I was, it was, I, the summer of uh, 2009, I was going to be 30, and mm-hmm. um, I turned to drugs. Uh, my choice was cocaine. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't every day. It was just to numb the pain at that time because I had lost everything. I mm-hmm. lost my job. I lost my car. I mean, it was the, the low of the low. I never, mm-hmm. I, I'll say this, I never felt suicidal. I was just sad. Like, mm-hmm. what, what am I doing mm-hmm. in this world? You know, the girl that I had dated said that... Um, she had three abortions because she didn't want me to be a father because she didn't want my her our kids to come out to be like my father or me to be like my father. And that killed wow. me. That 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 hurt wow. because I was living him. You know, I look at him, the, the man that I ended up disliking. I was becoming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the turn of of my life, and I and I say this is that one day we were out. I was out with a friend. Uh, we were drinking and we got into a horrible accident. You know, a, a truck hit us. We spent and mm-hmm. the truck fell in the ditch. Mm-hmm. My friend ran to see if the guy was okay. I remember that the guy pulled a shotgun at him. Now, I was in the passenger side and he didn't see me. So I ran so fast and this is the hardest I ever hit somebody. 
and I hit him in his face. He fell, hopped back up, and I was like, something ain't right. And he right. pointed he pointed the shotgun at me, and I said, I said, kill me. I don't know if I could cuss. Kill me. I'm ready to die. Like, I grabbed the gun and put it to my chest. I go, I'm ready to die. Kill me. Wow. And she was, she, I mean, the guy probably freaked out more than I did. And you tell me to do that now. There's no way. There's no way I could ever do that just because of where I'm at in life. But I sure, think that, sure. that was my turning point. That was the low of the low. Cops wow. come, grab that guy. Turned out that he was on his way to kill his ex-wife's boyfriend because he found out that they were dating. So mm. I say that. I say that bullet. Um, right. Now, now I have to deal with going blind. I, I met my wife who... Who I'm dating. I mean, not my wife. Who I'm dating. I met my wife. Uh, I always call her my guardian angel. You know, she. I told her everything from the beginning. Hey, you know what? Sure. Um, when I was eight years old, I was sexually molested. I had never even told my ex girlfriend growing up. I sure. said I have anger issues. I'm going blind. Are you sure you want this guy? Like I have nothing to offer you. Nothing to give you. Right. Um. She said, "There's something in you that." that I see in you and I want to be with you. And she made it mm-hmm. work. I would always push myself away from her. I'm like, look, you don't mm-hmm. deserve me. You don't deserve me. And she still fought. She still fought. Mm-hmm. Um, we passed through everything. You know, she was with me when I was going blind. I finally needed a cornea transplant and mm-hmm. I was able to get that. Um, now with technology, I, I have, I wear, it's called scleral lenses. Yep. And the scleral lenses now gives me 2020 vision. Um, mm-hmm. I am now in a successful business that I've maintained. I'm going on seven years with the company. Right. I've grown with it. I've stayed very positive in life. I uh, give back to coaching soccer uh, around these times. Mm-hmm. And the story that I that I say to myself all the time is, I can't believe the person who I am. I have friends that now met me and say, Jesse, I thought you were going to go to prison. I thought that you were going to get killed because you had anchor issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer saved your life. Now I talk mm-hmm. to my parents and we're very cordial. My wife will not date me because she said I cannot date a man who cannot talk to their family. Right. And I do, you know, it, it, it's because of her. Um, it's um, one of the things that happened this week is as I was uh, writing my notes down to present this, I've never wrote it down. And while writing it down, I started to cry. I was mm-hmm. like, wow. It just hurt words. You know, I thought fists hurt more than, than words. And, and when I was putting these words into paper, I was like, I did all this. This mm-hmm. is me. And I, mm-hmm. and I cried to my wife. And, and she's probably seen me cry like two or three times. And she mm-hmm. was like, yes, you did this. This is you. You know, she made me a believer in uh, just, just saying it right now, it's, um, I just want the audience to know that everyone's going to have a bad life, but at the end of the tunnel, you have to work for it. Don't give up. You know, right. what motivated me was I can do this. Everybody wants me down. I can do this. Mm-hmm. What drives me now every day is when I wake up in the morning, I can't see anything. I can't even see my phone, you know, right. uh, the TV. I right. put on these contacts and before I put them on, I say, Jesse, God gave you another day. You have these eyes. Take advantage of them. And I mm-hmm. put them on and I put them on and it's a second chance. You know, now 
I'm, I'm, I just turned 40. So now my second chance is, and I think my calling is why I did the podcast to share stories that a lot of people can't admit. Um, mm-hmm. I relieved this. Uh, I, I said this information in one of my episodes with my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very, very hard episode, but that episode helped people tell their family. I've had people reach out to me and say, thank you for that story. And that's mm-hmm. all I want. I, I don't want any praises. I don't want to, to say I did it to, to show off. I just want that person to know that if you having problems with your family and, and there's no one, there's always going to be somebody, mm-hmm. either your wife, your kids, your son, there's going to be somebody that's going to care for you. And when they're reaching out that hand, take advantage because that's what they're going to do. They're going to help you. We can right. business 101. We, we can never go into business thinking that we can do it ourselves. We all need somebody to help us. And, and that's just absolutely one. We learned that absolutely. from the beginning in, in business. So that is the story. <laughs> that is the, that's the story of uh, Mr. Jesse Sanchez. And, and uh, now I want to join uh you know, motivation speaks to help kids who are going through this. Um, people who are going blind, keratoconus is something that is is more common in people. And mm-hmm. I want you know to help the youth. The youth is what we need because I think that I caught it really late. I caught it at the age of thirty. If someone can catches it at eighteen, nineteen, twenty. That's what they need. You don't. I don't think no one should go the route that I went. Thirty years hating the world and me against the world mentality. It, it, it's not healthy. It's never healthy. I don't, I don't wish that on anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jesse, uh, certainly, uh, your story is, uh, it is very touching. It, 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 it really is. I mean, I, um, uh, you know, this is, this is the second time that you and I've talked and, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like, First and foremost, I just want to reach out and give you a hug, brother, and tell you, you know, as one podcaster to another podcaster, as a Texonian to a Texonian, as a friend to a friend, you know, as a minority to another minority, I love you, man. I love you. And I want you to continue to flourish and continue to prosper and continue to do the great things that you're doing right now on the charter that you're on because your story is absolutely eyebrow raising. I mean, you know, you have hit adversity, you know, square on in the face at every juncture of your life, even starting out as a young kid through your adolescence and even in your early adulthood, and you've persevered. And that doesn't come without someone having, looking down upon you and casting a blessing to give you that opportunity to allow for you, like you said, to continue to live another day. And I'm proud of you, man. You know, I, I really am. You know, I mean, you know, we've only known each other for a short period of time, but uh, certainly to be in your presence and to be in this element with you and and to experience this, this emotional share to the world uh, of your story, you know, I, I feel that. I feel that pain. I feel that, I feel that anger. And, uh, you know, like I said, much love goes out to you. So, so yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, 
there's there's you know great things that come out of this and you started to kind of share a little bit of that particularly as it relates to you know you've 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 gone off now you've been in your your uh, professional career for 7 going on 8 plus years you know you're you you've gone back into uh, coaching something that you fell in love with which was your escape haven which is uh soccer and uh and obviously you have you know, a podcast that is, uh, that's streaming out there pretty well with, uh, with a large kind of congruent audience that is really gravitating to, to who you are. And then the last thing that you mentioned to me is that, you know, you're really looking at trying to get into, uh, uh, transformational, you know, motivational, uh, speaking. And so I guess my question to you at this point in time in your juncture with everything else you've got going on is, you know, what are the steps that you're taking towards moving to accomplishing that goal? Because anyone that has had a history or past performance of life like you've experienced, I would think that this next step for you in your in your uh, new journey uh, should almost be a piece of cake. I mean, of course, nothing is really a piece of cake. You have to really work at it. But but I would think that the brass ring is set for you just to grab it. You know what? What's your plans moving forward, you know, to really be able to get involved with um, motivational speaking and and putting yourself on a platform? Because I think your story is 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 moving. It, it is it is absolutely moving. And it, it, it exemplifies the triumph that one has to go through um, if your mind is right, you know, to get you over the hump. So share that with us, please. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I haven't made the steps yet. Um, and, and the reason for that is because, uh, again, I mean, now even trying to type an email to reach out to somebody or having to read the steps on what to do to get there, it takes me a while. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's the reason why I did the podcast because, again, I, I'm able to say it in, in a voice. I'm able to now be ready for public speaking. That was my fear and I'm facing it. So I am working on that. I am working mm-hmm. on sharing the story. Um, I've received both positive and negative feedback. I've had people write negative, you know, comments to me on there. And that's mm-hmm. part of, that's, that's part of, that's part of the game. You know, you just have sure. to, you have to erase it and you know, back in your mind. But the next step uh, for next year, this summer is to start working, uh, looking for places around here in Texas, uh, to see where I can start, uh, even doing virtual talks with kids. Um, and again, it, it's kids and adults. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I, that's something that I will work on that I, I have to, but the podcast is what's, it's like soccer. It's training me to get to that next level. And the mm-hmm. podcast is helping me, um, communicate, get out there, be more on shows until I'm now ready. Once, uh, hopefully this, COVID thing kind of clears up a little bit, then we can start mm-hmm. traveling and, and start uh, sharing stories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, certainly, uh, you know, <clears throat> you're part of the family now with Cut to the Chase. And uh, from my standpoint, if there's anything I can do in my network, um, you know, I we know a lot of motivational speakers and coaches and authors that have started in the same, you know, early inception stages as where you are. And Certainly, if you need for me to make some of those connections uh, to kind of put you in line with some of those folks, just to even glean, you know, some of their 
lessons learned, some of their, um, this is how I got started. Um, whatever it takes, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm an advocate for you. You know, I'm just a phone call away or email away. Just, uh, let me know how, how we can, you know, help serve you to put you in the, on the pedestal that you, you're striving to, to, uh, to get to. And, uh, you know, I mean that very sincerely that, uh, we'll do, we'll do whatever we can to try to try to help you out through our network. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I indicated to our audience before I got started that <clears throat> this was going to be a very interesting conversation. And, you know, I think our featured guest, Jesse, for uh, for really opening up our eyes to a lot of things that most of us probably would have really said to ourselves, I don't think I can deal with this anymore. I think I just want to really, you know, give up. But Jesse, you know, your your soul, your desire and your angel, you know, your wife, you know, bless her, uh, was there to just continue, you know, guiding you and nurturing you and putting you in the right perspective to put you in a much better place today. And, uh, like I said, we're, we're certainly delighted that that's where you are. Now, I did recognize something about the Dragging the Line podcast, with, which, which I got I to gotta ask you about, right? Because, you know, you're, you're, you're a podcaster. I'm a podcaster. Mm-hmm. And it's got kind of a, you know, a little bit of a comedy uh, to it. So have you aspired to be like a, a stand-up comic? you know, a, a comedian at all? Or, I mean, is that something that you're also looking to, to get involved with or give us, give me, give me some insight there. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to be a, uh, a comedian, but I always like to laugh through the pain. So growing up, I would watch, you know, Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor, George Lopez, because I needed that laugh. They were like my, right. it was like my uncle I was watching and just sitting there. And um, I was a class clown growing up, you know, I had to make myself feel better. So, I make fun of myself so that no one else would. So this podcast is um, built for that to make that, uh, you know, episodes real serious, but then again, make episodes about growing up, you know, um, so we can laugh at that. Uh, It helped a lot of family members because we started off because I have a huge family. They started Mm -hmm. laughing and now we transitioned to opening up opportunities with guests who have been locked up for 20 years. There's one that's coming out where someone killed his best friend. And so he shares his story. And um, mm-hmm. for me to be on the opposite end and you giving me again the opportunity to explain it, it's a different world because it's not easy to share a story uh, that's going to be out there. But right now, I just feel like a big old lift off my shoulder. And, and again, I, I thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You are uh, your most welcome, uh, my friend. Um you know, that's that's a part of what all of this is about is, uh, you know, when you're in a difficult time, such as uh, a pandemic or a social uh, uprising and all the other things that are going on out there in society. You know, we've got to get our differences put aside and really get back to being wholesome individuals and willing to step up. And as one of my business partners uh, alluded yesterday in a podcast that we were on, 
you got to check yourself back in the life. You know, you got to check mm-hmm. yourself back in the reality and realize that, uh, you know, these boundaries and walls that we put up around ourselves, they're not protecting anyone. What they're doing is they're harming others. And you're also harming yourself, you know, in the aspect of uh, shunning people off and, and not keeping that lines of communication and keeping an open mind and the transparency of being able to exude empathy and compassion towards one another in an open door type format. Not to say you got to do it for every single person that you meet, but, you know, as they always say, you got to have somewhat of the benefit of the doubt, you know, and, uh, you know, for me, it's when I meet people, the sincerity and the genuineness that I bring forth to any conversation is to let them know that I'm coming at them in a way from the heart. And that is how I want to be respected and have it reciprocated back to me in anything that I do, because I think that's extremely, extremely important, particularly in today's society. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. So, uh, so Jesse, you know, we're, we're almost out of time. And, and like I said, this has uh, definitely been a, quite an eyebrow raising conversation. What are some of the takeaways that you would like to leave with our listeners, particularly for anyone that let's just say they, they are sitting where you were as an adolescent, or maybe they're sitting uh, where you were as a, as a 20 year old or as a 30 year old adult. And, you know, what would you tell them today based on your journey and your experiences that could help them get through, you know, this time of resistance? Absolutely. Um, My mom said this at the end of the episode. She said that uh, in the back of her gut mind, because I guess it's a mother uh, feeling, she felt that something was wrong. And uh, she said that if you have a feeling, try to follow up with it and don't ignore it and see signs of your kids or of the suspicious activity that's going on. Uh, because sometimes it can be, that can be the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. If your son is a teenager and is going through just anger and, you know, felt like the world around him, support him. Don't, don't, don't bring him down when he's already down, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. My father eventually confessed that he only did that because he didn't want me to be cocky. And he told me this like two years ago. I'm like, well, that's already late. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what I felt, I was like, no, my father knows I'm good. But he didn't want to acknowledge that. So don't do that to a kid when he's when he's a teenager. It it, it will break his soul. Right. As an adult, uh, 20s, learn to love. You know, um, trust people. Don't think that the world is against you because there's always going to be somebody it might um what's the quote you can't pick your family but you can pick your friends sure. that is a statement you know friends are friends are family my, now you know i talk to my friends more than i do to my family and that's because i got to pick them I, they're they're positive with me i'm positive with them and mm-hmm. so you'll, mm-hmm. you'll eventually get there and again find what you're good at and don't be afraid because everything you're going to do even if you're good at something you're still going to get be afraid to do it because you're, you're, we're afraid of failing, but that's part of the bumps and bruises. Um, we just got to learn from mistakes, and that's the way I am now. You know, I'm not perfect. Uh, I don't speak well. I, I already know that. I acknowledge that, but I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm, I'm very successful where I am, and there's people who got master's and bachelor's degree, and I, I'm there with them. 
you know? So right. that, that, that's just a sign right there. And that's because I work hard to work to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we certainly appreciate you continuing to share your insight and continue to spread your message of not only uh, compassion and love, but really how to overcome, you know, adversity and setback in a way that uh, puts you in the proper position and proper light to be able to do the things that you want to do. As we all know, we we can't continue to to go down the path that's that's never going to lead us to any fulfillment or any type of uh, what I consider to be moral preservation or or success uh, without, like you said earlier on, someone to help you out or someone to give you a hand or someone to guide or coach you or mentor you. And uh, surely that came in your life through your wife at the right time to to elevate your spirit and really, you know, help guide you in the direction that you're you're heading. And so, Jesse, um, again, man, you know, like I said, all the love goes out to you from from me and my team, you know, here at Cut to the Chase. Uh, the door is always open. However, we can help out, you know, to help you continue to flourish in whatever you decide you're going to do on the uh, transformational, um, uh, motivational speaking. And if we can do anything there, please don't don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you so, so much. To, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And to our listeners, um, you know, discretion is being able to raise your eyebrows instead of your voice. But as we've heard today, sometimes the important aspect is not only to show that gesture, you know, kind of figuratively, but really it comes down to opening your mouth and sharing your voice so that you can be heard. And today, Jesse has provided us with that message in a very clear and very articulated way that is really touched our hearts. And we thank you for that. And basically, as we wrap up, this has been episode 114 entitled Eyebrow Raising Conversation. Thank you again, Jesse. And hey, if you, you know, if you need me to be a guest on your show, I'm open for that too. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that offer. <laughs> All righty. All right, folks. Uh, again, this is uh, Gregory Proctor, your host. This is episode 114 entitled Eyebrow Raising Conversation. Thank you very much. Please maintain compassion, empathy. Let's stay unified together, people. And by all means, be safe out there. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Cut to the Chase. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Cut to the Chase. You'll also find even more great content on our website at www.k2tcpodcast.com. Thank you and catch you on the next episode.